0: 13 F's are out. If you would have to guess one stock that Warren Buffett would not buy, you might want to guess Taiwan Semiconductor. Wrong. We got to talk about that. China's on fire. Great numbers from Walmart, Home Depot, good numbers. A little worried about full year guidance. We got so much to cover. I'm going to have Mitch run the intro. We're going to get to it. Gordon Johnson coming on at 8.30 to talk about Tesla and Bitcoin.
1: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Khanin. This is a volatile puppy
2: here, isn't it? And Dennis did. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny.
1: With everything you need to start your trading day.
0: Good morning, traders and investors around the world. Welcome to that. Tuesday's crazy show. We're up 41 handles at 4.007, clearing that psychological 4,000 level. Don't ask me based on the close, man. I was looking to short market overnight, but that was not the move. Dollar down 55 cents at 105.98. TLT trading up 86 cents at 98.51. Crude down 64 cents at 85.23, but don't tell the uh, oil stocks that. Gold marching towards eighteen hundred, up two sixty at seventeen seventy nine forty. Silver flirt with a close above twenty two, another close above twenty two. It's down nine cents at twenty two point zero two. Bitcoin, is it building the base at fifteen thousand for a move to eighteen, or are we just gonna sit here for two or three weeks? Ethereum futures, they're up uh, more on a percentage basis. They're up fifty seven dollars at one thousand two hundred fifty and fifty sense uh triple d i mean sometimes i worry about you and i was just a quick moment from yesterday i, I was worried about you in jp morgan at about 4 15
2: me too what the me heck too. happened
0: there i what was worried happened? about
2: me and jp morgan too somebody wanted <laughs> out man I've never this seen ex- any news on this, and it's all the way back. But they were selling JP Morgan like it was going out of style. It was just kept coming in with big size and dumping. And I'm like, what's the news? You know, Charles even was squawking, JP Morgan going down, not seeing a headline. I was like, I don't see any headline either. But JP Morgan went down, you know, it was down a buck, then it was down two bucks, and it's down 250. And I'm like, holy, it must be some bad news for JP Morgan to fall $2.50. We never did see the headline. I think it was just somebody just wanted the hell out, and they were just dumping nonstop. And it was some size, Joel. It wasn't like, oh, a couple hundred shares. There was tens of thousands of shares going off down there. So I bought it because I didn't see the headline, and then it kept coming in. I was like, I'm in trouble here. There's obviously a headline. You can kind of tell when it's news. It looked like news. It smelled like news. I don't think it was news. It looks like it was this, and then it just was gone. And then it's tried to claw its way back, and it's been trying to claw its way back. But there's a lot of people that bought the stock down there, so they're all up, money dumping stock too. So I don't know. It's still in the red slightly, but I never saw the headline. You know what? Ryan.
0: Could it be a fat finger? Or maybe wasn't the fat was finger because it
2: kept coming back, Joel. It, maybe it, you it was do a, a fat th- finger again and again and again and again. <laughs> it could be one person. It could have been one institution. That was just dumping, but it definitely wasn't a mistake. Cause you don't make the mistake five, six, seven times the size of the boom were 20,000. And then they're coming it did, in and it then the trades out and then they come with another 20,000. Somebody just wanted the hell out of JP
0: Morgan. They got out. Or maybe, maybe there was, um, Uh, And maybe the order was supposed to be on the books for tomorrow or something, you know, like for the open and they put they put like uh, after hours. But anyways, we got realize
2: that you don't go down two dollars and 50 cents if you trade an intraday. So institutional traders out there, you trade in after hours, go a little easier. There's not that much liquidity. (laughs) You want to get out of 50,000 JP Morgan? Don't do it after hours. Do it when the market's open. But I have no idea what's that with Morgan. I did not think we were going to start with that, though. There was so much other news, but it was interesting last night. Uh, where do you want to start money, Mitch? Just to Take let, us, just to let our
0: people know that we're looking at the markets for them 24-7. And we're we're here. Pre-market prop starts at four minute and one second. But uh, Money Mitch is back there. He's in the background. He's ready. He's going to lead the show. And you and I are going to behave. And we're we're not (laughs) going to be
2: very behaved today. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Let's get them in the line. Let's go. Let's get it. The Fed talk today. Definitely watch out for Fed talk. I just want to mention that right off the hop. There's going to be a lot of Fed talk today. Waller talked yesterday, said that the markets were pretty much overly optimistic and should brace for higher rates. Of course, that was the bear Waller there. And then Brainyard coming in all... And she came in with, of course, a contradiction uh, that, that the central banks could ease off the rate increases. So, of course, we're getting some more talk and talk by the talking heads, the Fed. Uh, today, we'll get even further talk. We'll get H- uh, Harker. You'll get Fed Governor Lisa Cook. You'll get a Fed Vice Chair uh, for Supervision, Michael Barr, set to speak at 10 a.m. today. So there's going to be a lot on the tape today. To stay tuned. There could be some swings around in the markets, and of and course, we're PPI, have PPI. Yeah, of yeah. course, PPI today at eight thirty. We'll be ready oh for the numbers. I have the estimates right around eight twenty-five. Or 820, we'll start getting into the focus of the economic data coming in. Of course, team, I got you, I got your back. We'll be ready for that number. Let's get into Warren Buffett. That's definitely the top story today. Let's talk about it. Warren Buffett disclosing here 4.1 billion stake that leads to an 8% spike in an Apple supplier stock. And like Joel mentioned, wouldn't you know it? Taiwan semiconductor manufacturing companies here jumping on Tuesday after billionaire investor Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway disclosed a new 4.1 billion stake in the company 61 uh, 6.1 <coughs> million American depository uh, depository receipts for TSM uh, C and then this also disclosed some other kind of stakes that Warren Buffett has right now which is a 297 million. Uh, in building material company, Louisiana Pacific Corp. Why don't we
0: do that? Let's, let's do the t- t- TSM first and then. Yeah, and yeah, then definitely. Uh, I just Cody wanted to kind Indiana of mention
1: ones. these. I didn't know if you guys really okay. wanted to go through them. But let's, I like them all three together
2: because we cover more stocks. Okay. Mention the last one too. It's Jeffrey's yes. is the last one. So Jeffrey's financial mistakes.
1: All right. So let's run through it. Let's first start Ooh. with, of course, what everyone wants to talk about, which is TSM. I'm going to go right off the hop here. Yes, I'm going to go and say it. I personally think this is an error of judgment here of Warren Buffett going for Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing. I think it makes sense in the fundamentals. But if you start looking at what Warren has always preached, which is diversification, I think personally he is getting further and further away from the things that he preaches, which is being diversified which is being in a kind of area where you can't get hurt by just one company. I think this uh, position going into an Apple supplier stock just shows me more and more that he's getting further and further, not diversified, but going all all in on Apple. And so in my eyes, I think this is personally a mistake, but Warren hasn't lost before. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with this position.
2: I agree. Um... He's got such a huge stake in Apple. I don't understand why he has loud Apple position to become this big in his portfolio. I know he doesn't like to sell, but come on. I mean, when you're talking over 40% of the fund, you're not diversified anymore. And then he's loading up their supplier too. Now I, I completely agree. I don't know what he's trying to do. Is he trying to create an Apple single stock uh, index here because that's what he that's what all this stuff is related. Obviously, you know, the Taiwan invasion, me and Money Mitch have been worried about for a long time. It doesn't look like it's on the table for now, at least with the Biden visit. And look, though, you know, that's not imminent by any means. But I agree. I mean, he is not diversified. You know, if he if Warren Buffett called Jim Cramer on Mad Money and gave him his positions and, and the percentages, I think Cramer would have to say, You're not diversified, you're all Apple. He's basically half Apple. And then he buys Taiwan Semiconductor on top of it too. So I agree. I don't understand what he's doing either. Well, like usual, you know, he, well, he talks you guys, about
0: you guys both. You guys both rushed the markets at thirty-five, thirty-six hundred because you were worried about an invasion, uh, China's invasion of Taiwan. I'm oh, so worried about it. Do you think it's all him? I'm still worried it, about it too. At... All right. Well. You're missing out on one hell of a rally. I think that well, – I don't, don't know, know if is okay for Warren. You can say
2: that? Stop. You can say that? We missed out on one hell of a sell-off too. I was bearish. I've been bearish for a hell of a long time, so I'm getting this from a lot of people right now. Yeah. Getting no credit for saying, hey, in November, was the- in December, in January, in February, when did- I was sitting with a hell of a lot of cash, a hell of a lot more than now, I think yeah. I did pretty good this year. I think I'd put yeah. my numbers up against most people this year. I've been so bearish on, on. I missed the rally? Sure. I wish I could be right all the time. I wish I could be right 100% of the time. I wish that I loaded up before that CPI data point. I wish. But you know what? If I was right 100% of the time, I'd be the dictator of the
0: whole world. I'd have all the money. You in made two debtors. Nobody's you are right so 100% active. of the time. You're such an active investor. You are so, the way you move in and out of your portfolio, It's it's impossible to be one hundred percent correct because you you're you're so you you're so I mean that that you are in like the nine I won't say ninety nine but you are like such a a different you know because you're in front of the markets all the day all day you're trading you do different things you have your CFA you could do that but but most people I mean yeah we'll trim I take off certain portions of my portfolio I put it on. But it, it's it's impossible to to be uh, as as active as you are. You're gonna you're gonna miss things, and I, I, I'll retract it. You did when we turned around off to C uh, before the CPI number. You said, you know, everything, all the fundamentals are bearish, but the tape is bullish, and that's what you that's said. True. And you said you're going with the tape. But I mean, to to you know, to call out the greatest investor of all time and say one of the greatest investors of all time. And to say that he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, I don't think I that's don't what know. we said. I don't think, I don't think, we I don't said think that's that. what we
1: said that. Yeah. I think I you're taking think it way that. too far to the other side, but, uh, but one I thing think, I will say, yep. one thing I will say though, and, and the chat is correcting me a little bit, like always, you know, Warren Buffett has said that diversification preserves wealth, but concentration builds wealth, right? May preserve wealth, but concentration builds wealth, so he he's very mixed on that end. But he's concentrating in what he thinks is the best player, which is Apple. If you're in the camp bad. that you think that Apple is just the best bet for the next decade, well, then yeah, you guys can just sit on Warren's camp and and be set set up there and look for Apple to continue growing. But I also think that Apple is is way further down the business cycle than most look at it. And I think the iPhones is just the start of what's going to turn their company. I don't think they're going to always be able to diversify and be the best, but that's just what people think. And I think at this point now, this bet is dangerous because of that concern with China and Taiwan. I think that's why Dennis and I are really more concerned about this, because one negative factor comes in and this whole thing could get really ugly.
0: That's it, like it, not investing in the market you because you're worried Taiwan about COVID. What's that, Joel? I said you 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 can't. If you have make your investment thesis, your long-term investment thesis, if something bad might happen, then you just you must never you know not just don't be in the market. Just have 100% so, cash all the time.
2: So here's two thoughts on this. One is I'm an active trader. I'm sitting here as my full-time job. If I just bought and hold stocks, what, how, why am I not using an edge that I feel like I have? You know, I agree. If you have a full-time job, you're a construction worker and you're working full-time and you just want to have your money in the SPY or you just want to have your money in there, leave it in there and it should build wealth over the course of the next 30 to 35 years. We do this show. Because people want to be more active in their investment management. It's why we do this show. So if you just want to buy and hold, there's no point to listening to this show. Go buy Spy, turn the show off, and go to your job. But if you want to get an edge, if you feel like you can do some market timing, and market timing is possible, I am living proof of market timing is possible. We've given out some great props before to some great market timers. Christian Fromhertz. I've mentioned Jeremy Newsom before. Fari Hamsey's an excellent market timer. It can be done. So I believe the people that are listening to this show don't just want to hear buy and hold and, you know, that's all you need to do. They don't want to in, hear. You know, they don't want to fun. hear about
0: the world coming to an end either.
2: I don't think that's what we're saying. Well, Joel. nobody wants to hear that, Joel. And I, I, and if I was saying the world was coming to an end, I wouldn't own any stocks at all. Yeah, then I would be, be hiding you know, in a I, cave. I would. If I thought the world was coming to an end, I would cash in all my stocks. I would cash in everything, and I'd go have some. I'd be doing some partying. I'd be you know taking my kids everywhere around the world while it still existed. So I don't believe the world is coming to an end either. But I do believe there are implications for different events, world events. If there's nuclear war, we can forget about everything. So there's no nuclear war trade because a nuclear war trade, just everybody dies. So we're not even worrying about trading off of that. But a Taiwan invasion has been possible for a while. I don't think that's imminent. It doesn't look like it. looks like it's going the other way, and that's a good thing. So I don't think you know we're talking about that. But Warren Buffett having all his eggs in one basket is very obvious here right now. So I agree with Mitch that I think that just adding to Taiwan Semiconductor was like buying more Apple. So I don't get it, but at the same time, he's been the best investor, so I shouldn't challenge it. Maybe we'll just let Warren Buffett be. It's not like Kathy Wood, who is left up for challenging because she's had very poor performance. Buffett has been performing for a long time. It was one of the first books I read, the Warren Buffett way. I have a lot of respect for Warren Buffett. I don't totally understand what he's trying to accomplish here though, by buying Taiwan Semiconductor.
1: Yeah. I think what we're just trying to call out is the overexposure into one certain area. And that one thing that I think Dennis and I try to avoid uh, often is being too much would exposed you tra- uh, into one catalyst. Jay
0: made a good, Jay Jay made a good point here. And uh, I sure. mean, would you call, you know, bank of America, Coca-Cola, Chevron, would you would you call those like highly correlated companies, or would you call that diversification?
2: No, you've got a lot of stocks, but when you have fifty percent, so here's a lesson on diversification for everyone. You can have a hundred stocks in your portfolio. If you got fifty percent in one stock, you are not diversified. Sorry, I, you're not.
1: I, I, I'll just show, I'll show this image here. This is from um, Wall Mind, um, so you guys can see the split of his pie and how his his separation. That's all Apple. This, this side of the pie. That side of the pie takes a big hit. What happens to the, the price? Right? And I mean, if Apple goes down, also Berkshire goes down at the same time, what's going to happen to the markets? That's why I just think it's just too much risk in one area. Then all these positions are like 1%. But Apple makes up 42%. That's just too much
2: exposure in my eyes. I just feel- it, it doesn't look diversified to me at all. Yeah, there's there's no diversification. And then no yeah, diversification. Taiwan semiconductor into there, which 1.4. So yeah, 43, 44. I don't know. That's a big chunk. That doesn't look diversified to me. It looks like when Apple falls, you know, significantly, your funds getting hit. He's he's basically, you know, and if you look at the correlation, if you watch Berkshire Hathaway now, when I'm arbing Berkshire Hathaway, I'm looking at Apple stock. So more often than not, if Apple's trading up three four percent, Berkshire's up too. It's just like. It, and 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 the Arabs have figured it out. The high frequency Arabs have figured it out too. He's just tracking Apple fifty percent. So there's other stuff. There's obviously other stuff involved in that. But you know, let's go look today. Maybe it's not working today. But Burke Apple's up one point five six. Burke's up 0.9. I mean, the the high frequency Arabs, me as well. It's just looking Apple's. He's tracking Apple fifty percent. So if that's what he wants uh, to also, we're do, totally discounting fine, if he
0: has any hedges on on this. We we don't know if he, you know, if he bought a zillion put something. We don't, you know, that's not disclosed. Yeah, we, do. we don't know what do you think thirteen mean, f's are for. It,
2: that that's nonsense.
0: They they list that's all the options F activity. Disclosed. Yeah, yeah, it shows options all. too.
2: Thirteen f's will show what they've got and what they're doing. He can't hide options positions. You can't just go and like, oh, I'm going to do all this and I'm hiding this off the books. It's Warren Buffett. He's not hiding anything. He discloses. He's out there. Warren doesn't hedge anything, Joel. He's long term. He's long term. He doesn't hedge. He doesn't think, oh, COVID's coming and I start selling stocks. He might lighten up the airlines, but he doesn't go out and buy puts. He doesn't do stuff like that at all.
1: All right, team, let's move forward to the second stock here mentioned LPX, Louisiana Pacific Corp. This is a building materials company, so moving a little bit away, and I think this is where I can start looking. And it's not like I'm completely against Warren, because I will be looking for LPX to get kind of a push today. Of course, it's already made a nice run here, going to look for some pullbacks, probably around the 200 SMA for me, which is 6129. We'll see if it's able to pull back today.
0: Uh, just real quickly, we didn't give any technicals on uh, TSM, and it hit eighty one okay. thirty three, and it's just hanging at the eighty dollar level a lot, yeah, a lot of times for you know to investors. A lot of times these are a fade that you know there's anticipation and had a big run up into from that it takes out that pre market high at eighty one thirty three, and then. As, after that, I mean, dailies. Eight, that next target on the upside would be fifth. And where I would have bought it is where Warren probably was buying it, between 60 and 65. So just wanted to give the, the technicals on that. Keep an eye on that pre-market high.
1: All right, let's all go twice that to that LPX. Today. No, I, I mean, I, I'll say it like I said in the chat right now. We, we like to tell you how we see it, transparent or not, whether you believe it or not, like always, this isn't financial advice. Everybody's got it's opinions. It's just it's our opinion, and there's one thing that I think Dennis show? and I don't we don't we don't hide away. We're gonna tell you what our opinion is. It's up to you guys if you guys want to listen to it. That's or the not. point to the show, and that's the fun discussion and the fun part of the Warren Buff run. <laughs> looks like it there. Uh, let's get into the action with LPX now. What do you think about this one? This is at least outside of that realm. What do you guys think about this stock?
2: Ooh. I mean, I just don't think chasing Warren Buffett, and it's not a Warren Buffett hate show. I love Warren Buffett, but there when you're you buying go. these things up today, you're chasing ten percent. And I think Joel would agree with that uh, because he didn't buy it at sixty-five dollars. He bought this thing probably at fifty-five dollars. You know, so you're already buying it literally, you know, ten to fifteen percent higher, maybe even twenty percent higher than Warren Buffett bought it. So you're not getting in. Just, you know, and and people who are just chasing these 13Fs and the algorithms that are chasing it are are trying to flip it for a quick profit. But if you're a long term investor and you're just like, I'm going to buy what Warren buys, you're always getting a worse price. If you want to buy what Warren buys, buy Berkshire Hathaway. That's a better play to play along with Warren Buffett. Not chasing Taiwan Semiconductor up ten percent today. Not tr- chasing Louisiana Pacific up ten percent today. Not chasing Jeffries up six percent today because you're not getting his prices. The way to get his prices is to buy Burke And I won't argue on, on Burke.B. Burke
1: B. All right. Uh, looks like you guys uh, don't want to talk too much on LPS. Just uh, so uh, the let's
0: technicals. Keep... The technicals on this one. The technicals on this yeah. one. Sixty-five seventy-four was your high on August. This is a technical. is a little easier setup on this one. Uh, 65.74 was your August high, and you haven't quite get there in the pre-market. Well, 65.70. So I like that level better than uh, the 81.32 in 10.7 Conductor.
1: All right. And what about Jeffrey's Financial
2: Corp? J-E-F. I'm not buying any of these and chasing on Warren Buffett. Joel give me some good technical <laughs> levels, though.
0: Yeah, uh it broke out from uh pair of highs at thirty eight, thirty-seven seventy. So I'd be a little bit more of a, a buyer on a pullback there. Um as opposed to it's only traded a couple thousand shares. Your next monthly high is thirty nine sixty eight. If you're looking for another target on the upside, haven't taken out.
1: Joel All right, me. Joel, yeah. Comcast, you know the Comcast life. It looks like we might have lost. I swear he uses Rogers. I swear he uses
0: Rogers. I think actually, I think it's TradeStation. I think that there's something. No, no, no. Seriously, there's a. It's bogging your computer down. I'm telling you, I keep. It's probably bogging your computer
1: down. That could be. We'll work on it. We'll We'll work on it tomorrow. I got you,
2: TradeStation. Sorry. I got
1: you, my friend. Uh, Let's talk about PPI that's going to be coming out here. It's 8:24. Don't want to miss this. We can give into some other headlines, but definitely want to go ahead and give the preview here. Uh, PPI month over month is going to be coming in for October estimate at 0.5 prior at 0.4. The year over year reading is estimate of 8.4 prior 8.5. And then the core PPI year over year is estimated at 7.2 and the prior was 7.2. The only kind of change you're seeing there is a slight tick. Uh, The month over month one actually expected to come up here. So we'll see what happens there. year over year expected to come down 0.1. I always think that's an interesting outlook there, but we'll see what happens here. When the numbers hit the tape, will it move the markets? And it seems like the markets just want to hang on right now. I'm seeing kind of an hourly range between the 400 and the 395 area. We'll see if this continues to hold today, or maybe does this number shoot us through that 400? We'll have to wait and see
2: um all right. gonna shoot us in one direction or another. Yeah. This is not gonna be a non-event. This is gonna be a major event, guys. I guys feel it girls. too. This is gonna be a major move. If it's obviously a little bit hot, they're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, the CPI was a one-off." And if it's not, if it's like a light number, be like, "Here we go. This is the second data point. The Fed follows the PPI, and they're gonna pivot now for sure." So, what I mean, do you think? You- where
0: we're at? Go ahead, Joe. Big number. I was just trying to think the la the, what what happened um last month. Did we did we have the big move off the PPI? I know we had the big move off the CPI. I just I just can't remember if there that's a good question. if there was Do you have the yeah. data when it was. Let's go with yeah. Tail the, tape. It the was... tape.
2: Tape don't lie. Tape don't lie. Ball don't lie and tape don't lie. The twelfth of October. Twelfth hmm. of October was a that's when hmm. it came out, was the 12th of October? Yes,
1: the twelfth of October it came out the day, day right before
2: CPI? right before, before CPI. cpi yeah it came out it right came before it came out the day before the cpi yeah is
1: that yeah, right I yeah i yeah. can show you right now
2: really don't... i'm looking off of the
1: really? the right, you, you guys know how i do it cuz cpi was i go was straight the 13th. to the, the data i go straight to the data here so you guys can see here i'll wow. show you guys I it i didn't know that either so it was a uh, not event last final... time
2: That <laughs> was the smallest candle ever <laughs> here I, right there i don't there, remember it being a non event
0: Yeah, it was the twelfth. Wow, they did it before the CPI. Did they? Did they just do that? They just like change that up every month. I don't remember that.
1: Uh, It's usually around the same week, but sometimes they change it up on the day. Here, the twelfth. Yeah, you're right. That was a
0: nothing muffin day, and we rallied. uh, We rallied the next day. day. I never heard that one. And then we came back down. So yeah, I was trying to think. It was maybe because it was before that you know we didn't have you know all the expectations that it was going to be you know because of the cpi number but uh all right we got four minutes do we want to we want to do any more 13 f's walmart. or walmart um walmart. no i think oh. i think let's you want to do walmart
1: right you know, now so or walmart? do you want to save it for right after i think we might save it for right after let's do home depot that's a little bit smaller talk i think than, okay. than walmart because walmart has okay. some news that we can get through there. Uh, let's do Home Depot. Let's sneak that in here. Home Depot EPS at $4.24, beating the $4.13 estimate. Sales at $38.9 billion, beating the $38.01 billion estimate. Home Depot did reaffirm full year 22 guidance and sees comparable st- uh, sales growth at 3%. This was a good call, totally. I think, from you yesterday, Dennis. Yeah. I think you were looking at Home Depot and you said that this this was one of those stocks that might have gone too far, too fast. And yeah. there you guys are seeing a little bit of a turnaround with the earnings.
2: Well, bar was raised. So, high, and a lot yep. of these stocks have had raised bars now because we've had such a rally. So, you come in here mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, well, this is, you know, def- if you would have reported two weeks ago when the, this stock was in the gutter, probably be a different reaction. But you come in, you beat, you beat, but. The stock just ran up 10% in a week. So bar raise, didn't get over the higher bar. That's pretty much where we're at. They reaffirm. Then Walmart comes out. Walmart blows it away. So we'll Pops talk it. about them afterwards. But yeah, I think the dip, I think they come in. I think everything. I don't, I don't even think they, I can't think anything for the next minute and a half because we've got PPI coming in a minute and a half. So <laughs> everything can change suddenly here. So nothing matters except the PPI now let's see what what happens and i'm gonna go to background too
1: i'll tell you what i did at least from home depot i bought a a grill uh real recently at home depot so i tried to help out these things here um it wasn't that bad there. uh definitely gonna be looking here at the
0: tape to see what happens let's go ahead let's pull up this spy let's see what yeah we got we got two minutes i just just want to mention just one quick thing here on the uh um on the Home Depot. I'd like to keep an eye on high, you know, the highs for the move are always sexy, right? You can always try and get out at 1768, but the high close for the move was actually made on Friday at 1494 and it tried. It tried to get there and it didn't. So, uh, we got a gap to fill uh down at uh 29250. Uh let me spread this chart out here. I'm not going to jump the gun on the elgos. It better be a good number without uh, being up 40 handles. Let's go to the s ps Let's go to the one-minute chart. And Mitch, I'll let you guide us through here.
1: All right, let's get it. Let's see what happens here. Like always, we're going to try not to overreact and to at least give you the numbers. Um, <laughs> of course, we sometimes get price action to kind of lead, but those are the algos, right? And sometimes algos can be smart. Sometimes they could be dumb. A lot of the things is understanding what the number is here. Here's the first reaction, right? Algos, grab it. They push it towards the 400s. Now let's see what happens. Do we get the bid to start dropping? Look at the bid side there. Is it getting tighter? It's, it's light. The it's light. I
0: don't need to hear that. Yep. It's light. It popped it. I mean, we just made a new high for the move. We got to 40, 38. The numbers are light. I don't even, I don't even, the price action's there. It came in light. What, what are mean, the actual numbers? I, 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 I'm going to get that right and it now. It never went to 4,000. It was steady PPI at 4,000. PPI here for eight.
1: October coming in at 6.7 versus 7.2 estimate for the year over year. That's the core PPI. Um, that is coming in a little bit light there on core PPI. That's a good outlook there, at least for core, excluding energy. But I still haven't gotten the regular PPI number. Need to get that. I'm going to be pulling that up right now. We just got the release there from the BLS here just pulling it up here on exactly what happened here. So it looks like it advanced 0.2 in October um, and good rising 0.6 services, decreasing 0.1. Let me open up the report here and get a little bit deeper into it. Spoo's are ripping. We're up
0: 68 handles, 40, 38. Uh, I can't believe I didn't leave these lines on here because we had, we had talked about this resistance here uh, a while ago, last week and broke out of the resistance. And I kept on saying, where's their daily resistance here? Where is the daily high? And the next daily high is what you had before uh, the, the August reading of the CPI. So if, if, you're, if you're shorting in this area, if you're trying to fade this pop, you have to realize there's limited daily resistance here for like 135 handles. Uh, the market was looking for this, you know want a good number it's following the cpi whether this is just a one month on off who knows but right now the tape the market's reacting to this that's green light go i'm in the yeah.
2: background that's just green light go that's what, what, I, I don't think what, it gets faded i mean this is what the bulls need we've been talking about
1: they just need stats to start helping them the stats are here now I feel okay. like the bulls have control for sure and they're definitely taking it now um, they had control big, before yeah, but there was still the talk, right, of maybe this is just one number. Well, now you got two numbers, right? Then you could look for the third number, the fourth. And I think at least this leaves more rally in Q4 still available here yeah I and know a also, lot of people are calling yeah. for turnarounds but so you're gonna know.
0: have some fed speak later and you're going to have you know whatever talking up the market and talking down the market um you're better off paying attention to you know what happens you know overnight in the pre-market session because during the day i mean these that you know the bantering that comes up but uh, let, let's look at some individual stocks here. Poor Warren. Apple's up a 363 at 151.94. Uh, let's take a look at Tom semi That can't be. Now, That that's kind of had its move baked in. Uh, Microsoft. Keep an eye on this 250 area in Microsoft. Major area. You had uh, three tops there. You tested it again. That's what I'd be looking for. A potential target. Uh, Google moving up 294. Hmm. I'd like to try and buy this on a pullback down to the mid ninety sevens because that uh that's where you had or the lower ninety sevens that's where you had a a pair of highs before. uh also let's take a let's see how the banks i mean this ah the banks are a little bit muted here. uh a little disappointed here if your bank America still hasn't reached its high of the move and the s and ps uh thirty points over their high of the move. So that just me, I you know, that was just probably more of a, uh, what's Kathy doing? Maybe we're more going into ARC here. Maybe maybe this is the, the trade where we were going into risk. Maybe this uh, accentuates it a little bit more. ARC is moving up. What about some of these other dogs? Zoom is moving up on this. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Beyond Meat, which had been moving up. That's moving up 83 cents. I don't know. Can you find... Home Depot's still down, Mitch. Can you find anything that's uh, reacting negatively to this number?
1: I wouldn't see why it would be reacting negatively. If you want to take a look at what's been down lately, probably uh, real estate. Um, So Mm -hmm. maybe if you're looking at that, but even that's getting a little bit of a jump there. Uh, You could look at a stock like Lennar getting a little bit of a push there. Toll Brothers getting a little bit of a lift. Um, Let's take a look at like JPM that was beaten down after hours yesterday, right? Well, that just goes to show you, look how it's already pushing back towards that 135. Looks like whoever they washed out with that move last night. Feel bad for them because it's already back up there. Looking yeah. like it's trying to push towards 130
0: Someone's put something in the chat um about uh about some kind of deal, refinancing deal or something. I don't know if that's what if that if that was the move that uh uh that moved it. But I'm looking at these banks and for JP Morgan, I mean this is just it's still pretty early. Uh I was uh, the high of the move. The high close of the move was one thirty five thirty. So it's just not reacting the same way. I I think you know this is probably going to you know you know just accelerate uh, the trade. You know the the risk on trade and uh, going in. You know maybe the value will. It's still up for now. But um, look at this Amazon over one oh three. What was the former high of the move? This was one oh five, folks. Keep an eye on 105 in uh, 104.87, 104.58. You're looking for a potential target in uh, Amazon right there, 105. Keep an eye on that. Up 77 handles. Actually, I like to do a, um, a target, you know, based on uh, the nine-day average trading range. And I put down in my notes, my target was 40, 69, 50. Uh, which is another seventeen handles and then right next to it i wrote no way you just can't you just can't predict it' it's, i mean predict it i mean that's a target on the upside but as i mentioned there's no uh there's no daily resistance in here i'm not gonna call for forty one seventy five but uh mitch eight thirty six we got our guests lurking in the background do you want to introduce them
1: yeah we can go ahead and get him on uh let gordon turn on his computer uh, his his uh camera on here just want to make sure he's ready to go here i think he's probably listening in just give me a, a second for him to get his camera on and then we'll bring him on
0: he's I not big, bring... He no he doesn't have a camera today no cam okay sorry, that's perfect just I, wanted to make I sure I I talk- yep sorry I not a worry
1: not a worry i, a worry. I just on, wanted to he's make on sure the move he's on the move he's on the move well guess what I'm ready to go ahead and bring on here none other than Gordon Johnson, founder of GLJ Research. Glad to go ahead and bring him on. How we doing, Gordon? Can you hear us? Yes, can you hear me? Perfect. Got you loud and clear.
0: Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing Good. great. Good. Good, good, good. So we have you on, we've had you on over the years. And, uh, you know, uh, when we had our conversation last week, uh, you talked about, you know, your longer term perspective and where you started your calls and stuff and where you're at now. So uh, let's start, you know, with the big dog, uh, you know, Tesla here trying to get back over 200 bucks. Talk about, you know, your long term thesis, how you've adjusted it and what you have looking forward.
3: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we just got news this morning that the lead times for all of their cars in China have now dropped to one to five weeks versus four to eight weeks yesterday. That's despite a CNY dollar uh, $9,000 price cut this quarter, as well as a subsequent $1,000 insurance discount or effective price cut this quarter. Um, So, the point is, China is their only profitable. Um, and their largest market, uh, yet they're having significant problems in that market, um, which means, you know, evidenced by their lead times falling. That's number one. All right. That's a big problem. Number two, uh, they're guiding production ahead of sales in Q4, which would mean Q2, 3 and 4 of this year. In each of those quarters, you'll have production ahead of sales, which equates to a situation we've never seen with Tesla. And what everybody says is Tesla sells everything they make. By definition, they're not selling everything they make. Um, In fact, this is the first time ever you have three quarters in a row where production is ahead of sales. The problem with that is they're currently valued at more than the next seven largest automakers combined, despite the fact that in 2021, they sold less than 3% of the cars those automakers sold. They're... Forward, Their current PE, price-to-earnings ratio, sits at around just under 60 times, where the auto industry trades at five times. So they're valued for exponential growth, yet their growth has slowed. They're no longer selling what they're producing, and their Shanghai facility is currently being intentionally run at just 93% of capacity, and their Texas and Berlin plants are at just 10% of capacity. So they're having problems selling the cars they're producing right now at about 1.3 million cars annually sold. That's that I'm sorry, 1.3 cars of annual production, yet they're valued as if they're going to get the 20 million cars of sales. So there's a big problem brewing for this company that seems to be flying completely under the radar fundamentally. Um, and when you also consider the fact that you, know, you had week over week China sales data come out today, um, the growth rate fell significantly. Um, their, their growth rate was around 200% um, uh, the week of October 17th to the 23rd. It fell to roughly 30%, I'm sorry, 50% the week after, uh, 25% the week after, and this week it came in at roughly uh, just around 20%. Uh, their growth rate on a weekly basis in China is slowing down as well. Then you move to market share. Um, their market share in China is imploding. Their market share in the U.S. has flattened out despite significant competition coming. um, And they're having issues selling cars in China. And right now in the U.S., you can get a Model Y in two weeks, whereas just a few weeks ago, the lead times were well into April 2023. So the point is this. Just looking at the fundamentals, we don't even have to get into the legal issues or the Twitter issue. We focus on the fundamentals. Uh, mm-hmm. this company has significant problems versus where it's valued. and I think people just aren't looking in that, and I, I think they're gonna be forced to look there. So okay. what do we think the company's worth? We, we you know we did a you know we do a a twenty year DCF. Um, and based on our DCF, we think it's worth around 25 bucks a share. And we think that's where it's heading.
1: 25 bucks a share. That's where you're going to get a a call out. And I'm going to definitely, uh, we're going to hold you to that one. Gordon, like always, we'll bring you back. You know, I I always try to bring you on here. Of course, one recent problem that Tesla had was the recall, right? The 24,000 model three vehicles over a seatbelt problem. This was a real physical recall, right? I think, uh, is this going to lead to bigger issues? Or is this just kind of the Model 3 issue that we're seeing here?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think... We, we don't focus at all on recalls or legal mm-hmm. issues. Could they be big yeah. issues? Sure. Um, but we think what's more important with Tesla is simply focusing on the competition and their deliveries. And listen, okay. here's the problem. The problem for Tesla is... So Tesla is expected to sell around 1.3 million cars this year. Uh, we, don't, we don't think they're going to get there. We think their Q3... I'm sorry, we think their Q4 deliveries are going to come in around call it 300 and let me look at our number. We think the Q4 deliveries are gonna come in around, one second, we're at about 300 and, sorry, I'm trying to find our numbers. No worries,
1: pull that number and uh, I'll get you a a question also, like a follow-up here. Um, Once we get those numbers and deliveries, I know that you've, You've called out this issue before. It seems like they're maybe meeting production, but not definitely meeting those deliveries that you're looking for. um Go ahead and pull that number for us. And another yeah, question so we think that I a have is. The street's running
3: around 386,196 386, 100, 386, cars sold in Q4. Troy Test Like is at 415,000. The street is at 427. So the streets that, well, but here's the point. That, that's not the point. The point is. They're expected to sell around 1.3 million cars. We think that number maybe is around 1.1, 1.2, but that's not the point. The point is, they've got to roughly 15% penetration of the luxury market. BMW currently sells around 2 million cars a year, right? And and, and, and listen, I'll admit, for Tesla to get to 1.3 or 1.1 or 1.2, a great feat. The problem is, BMW is valued at 45 billion, not 600 billion. And if you put that market cap on Tesla, you're talking about like a $15 per share stock. So the point is, it's just a company that's grossly overvalued. And with respect to those who say, well, it's more than a car company, they get 95% of their revenues from selling cars. The other 5% come from a profitless energy division. It looks like based on recent news, they're exiting, which by the way, has negative um, uh, net income. Um, When you look at full self-driving, Based on Navigant's numbers, they rank dead last, and I think that's a real risk for them. You look at their battery technology, all the promises they made at Battery Day, going to a, um, a, a cathode structure, um, they just didn't deliver on when, you, when, you, when, you, when we saw the tear down of those batteries. So they're not at uh, an advantage versus the industry. Um, so, so it's just all those narratives fall short. And I think the street is going to be forced to focus on a company that is having issues selling more than 1.3 million cars. And if that's the case, you're gonna get a significant revaluation here.
1: Okay, so you're, you're seeing the, definitely, especially the multiples kind of contracting. Now let's talk a little bit about the semi-truck. Um, you have said on uh, my show before that you thought that the semi-truck would never be released. Are you still in that camp?
3: Listen, are they gonna deliver one or two prototypes to Pepsi, sure. Are they are they mass producing semi trucks? We do not think so. And we do not think they will ever mass produce semi trucks because we don't think lithium ion or BEV trucks make sense. So we stick with that theory. Will they again? Will they, you know, just like just like, you know, they did a massive opening for their Berlin and Texas plants. Yet, Mm -hmm. you know, months later, they're still at 10 percent utilization. Why did they do the massive opening? They did this huge battery day claiming all these things. Virtually every claim they made when you tear down the batteries was proven false, right? They did an autonomy day where they said they were going to have a million robo taxis on the road in 2020. They don't have one robo taxi on the road. I think that the robot autonomy day, I think by all all accounts, was a disaster. Um, So, you know, they. So you think this is
1: kind of more like a a, a press press conference more than uh, an actual release of the semi truck correct okay all right now um one thing that i i would give in uh i think dennis is trying to get in here i'll get him in the background there um one question that i have of course is um did you see the recent in in the halloween do you think elon paid the simpsons or something to get them in there because they had the Cybertruck in the simpsons you know simpsons you know have figured out to come true here uh with the cyber truck i want to hear your questions about where you see productions on the Cybertruck going and do you think that there was some kind of uh, deals here with tesla because also the model x appeared in the same episode i have no idea
3: man yes. I, that's
0: that's something i i don't know that you got you yeah, I let's move, let's you move on, on from that what about the uh what about the twitter deal what about this? I, the two things that kind of struck me about the Twitter deal. Uh, number one is you know, the valuations in those stocks and the social media stocks um, at the point when he purchased them and the price that he paid uh, certainly didn't make any sense. And then the second thing I think did surprise me, and believe me, I'm no Elon Musk. I haven't revolutionized electric cars, but I, I think one of the last things I would do if I was in a position like that guy, who just climbed his clawed his way up, is put my lot and in, in my some of my net wealth with the banks on Wall Street. And basically that's what he's done. And I just want you to talk the impact of, of Twitter and then the you know the potential impact of you know, basically uh being at the mercy of Wall Street with his stock. Listen,
3: I I don't know this for certain. This is purely GLJ Research's opinion. But we believe that the Twitter deal was announced to allow Elon Musk to sell Tesla stock. And then his intention was to get out of that deal and keep those gains. That is our view. Um, And unfortunately for him, because it was in Delaware, and Delaware gets a lot of their, you know, basically income from having, you know, uh, laws and regulations, he was forced to close. So now I think he's left with a company that, you know, some would argue in the tech industry was worth, you know, 20 percent of what he paid um, and has significant issues um, that he now is left to fix, which is going to require a lot of attention. So that's our view. That's our take there. Clearly, it's taking his attention away from Tesla. But, you know, people give we believe that people give Elon Musk a lot of credit um, that is maybe unwarranted um, as a genius. As this, uh, you know, production slash manufacturing um, uh, powerhouse, et cetera, we we think that a lot of, in fact, if you look at their uh, 2021 10Q, the number suggests over you know 100% of their revenue. I'm sorry, their profits come from China. So when that China plant normalizes, we think that that contract was very front and loaded to benefit Elon Musk. We do not think his Fremont uh, plant nor his other non-Chinese plants, are profitable. Um, That's our viewpoint. So, uh, you know, I think that there's some issues. I think that it's coming to the forefront. And I want to talk about you. I heard you guys talking about the inflation numbers. Um, I want to talk about the inflation numbers that came out yesterday, which seemed to go completely under the radar. And what I mean is the New York Fed survey of consumer expectations for inflation. But we can talk about that after we're done with Tesla.
0: All right. We're done with Tesla. Talk about that. And then uh, I just thought, uh, since we got you out of rule here, I just want to get your thoughts on Bitcoin and then we can wrap things up today. Yeah. So,
3: you know, after following three months in a row, consumer median inflation expectations, which came out yesterday, surged 50 basis points and are now sitting at 5.94%. And the reason that's important is because the basically commentary from Are the story being painted from the White House, media outlets, Twitter financial experts, Wall Street analysts, foreign media, et cetera, is that U.S. inflation has peaked, right? But if you look at age groups, education levels, income groups across all of those spaces, the expectation is that inflation is going to be up. And when you look at the actual things that people spend money on, right, I'm talking about gas, food, housing, healthcare, college education, rent, expectations on inflation are sitting at stubbornly high levels. For instance, expectations for rent inflation one year out, released yesterday, up 11 basis points, sitting at 9.78%. You look at uh, food inflation. Uh, It came out yesterday, up 75 basis points, one year out. Expectations on food inflation sitting at 7.6%. Gas inflation surged 432 basis points month over month. Expectations on gas inflation exploded yesterday medical inflation sitting at stubbornly high this is one year out 9.21%. This is what consumers expect and the issue is when consumers you know have views on inflation it's a psycho you know it's a psychological phenomenon and once consumers expect that inflation they adjust to it causing you know prices to go higher then you have price hikes from businesses then you have higher input costs and higher wages and if you listen to what the fed has said if you listen to what Chairman Powell has said in statements to Congress post FOMC meeting or the actual comments in the FOMC statements, they have said forward inflation expectations are very important with respect to their policy decisions. And the numbers yesterday were not
0: encouraging, yet they've gone completely Untalked about. It. I think that's a big deal. Okay, you know what? We're up against the clock here. We're gonna to have to do the Bitcoin thing another time. Gordon Johnson, GLJ Research, joining us here on Benzinga's pre-market prep. Thanks, as always. Uh, <laughs> Thanks Triple for D, joining us, Gordon. Yeah, Triple D will bring you in here. Were there many offers out there?
2: No. um it, <laughs> The algos are so fast on these numbers, <laughs> yeah, fast, I mean, this is now what I said. You know, going into this number is. If this number was hot, they were all going to say the CPI was a one-off. But because it's not, now you get confirmation that hey, inflation is ticking down here with the PPI. We know the Fed looks at the PPI number, and that's why you know the blast off has happened. You get a little consolidation here, but I don't think this gets faded. I don't think it's going to be one of those days that we give it all back. And you know they've looked under this, you know under the hood, and they found other reasons. So there's money managers still caught here. And obviously, you know, with this PPI data, it's more food for the bulls. So, Joel, you can do the technicals on this. You've done it already. We should do it again, though. Um uh, we're yeah, wide open. Anyway. I mean that's the problem for the bears, is that we're yeah, pretty open. We...
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, the the fact that we've uh, we've backed off the pre oh, I'm sorry, I'm on mute. No.
2: No, no, you're good, you're good. You're good. We got you, Joel. Just, did he, uh, did he, a the bit. fact there that we go. backed
0: off the pre-market high we made a pre-market i just keep really keep a close eye on on your pre-market highs and stuff 50 75 i mean the only thing you there there is a you know a psychological number 40 50 so just for the s i mean we backed off 15 handles just make sure, you know, if you're looking for 4,100 today or my daily target of 40, 50, the book. just make sure in that first 15 minutes that we get out, we take out that, uh, that pre-market high. And then the other thing that's adding to this rally is, you know, the way we closed yesterday, you know, it was, so, it was a very weak close. Um, it looked like, you know, boom, we're, we're going to put 4,000, make that as resistance, um, and now we've distanced ourselves some from it. Uh, Dennis, did you see like any? On you, I mean, I'm looking at the banks and they're lagging here a little bit, is just because they're just remember they're the banks. More though, to
2: the, but, to the- but remember the banks, the banks actually benefit from higher interest rates, so you've always got to, you know, consider that there's the banks, it's two things here, you know, the economy you know, obviously is, is always an issue. And, you know, if we get, you know, the Fed pivoting, that does help the banks from the perspective that their businesses that they're lending money to aren't going to be struggling as much. But they still benefit indirectly from higher rates or directly from higher rates, indirectly from the other but that I was just we mentioned. saw that. So the banks are never going to go up. And and think about what the banks have been doing relative to what tech has been doing in the last month. When the PPI is light, it's a green light to Kathy. It's a green light to um tech stocks. And if you look at the Nasdaq, you'll see a big difference here this morning. The Q is trading up 2.7% here now. All the Nasdaq stocks ripping higher. Amazon's up 4.7% here. Meta's trading up two and a half. Netflix was already up with the upgrade here Ed. from Bank America. Uh, but you look here, it's a tech rally here, Joel. So value tech, you've got obviously money coming in. But it's focused on tech right now. So tech is going to lead. So it's not surprising that some of the value names, including the banks, would lag slightly.
1: Also look for growth names, though, because I do see growth names moving, ARC moving that's with what that. I, that. Well, that's why, I, I Kathy Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got you. I, I heard technology. Yeah, yeah. That was my fault. Yeah. Maybe missed a, a little bit is, of it. I,
2: I've got it. It's the same thing. Kathy, growth, definitely. tech, growth. I mean, so we, we it's got... A, it's a it's a risk on market right now. Risk ammo. On.
1: Ammo to the bulls, right? And the bears are on yeah. the run. That's the that's the kind of wrap up there.
2: Um, we'll see what happens. But, uh, but value. with that being said, I mean, I'm not coming in here and like load up, let's load up stocks, you know, like this is, you know, now we're going straight to 420. It's not that simple. We've run so far. So again, buying dips, but don't want to chase. So, you know, we, 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 haven't, we had a little dip yesterday. If you're not buying much. that dip, you're being rewarded here immediately. It's a mm-hmm. buy the dip market right now. Not so much sell the rip, but it is a buy the dip market. This is buying the rip this morning. So you want to be careful just saying, oh, yeah, we're going mm-hmm. here straight to 420. Nothing goes in a straight line. And if you come in, you know, obviously just and say, I'm going to buy right now, then we pull back, you know, you can get shaken out easily. That's why the dips, it's better to buy on the dips because you're not going to get shaken out as much. When you're buying the rips and you get the little dip, then you're like already taking heat. But that's why I usually wait for a dip to buy. But this is a big move. Path of least resistance is probably still higher. So I wouldn't want to be short this market. Um and if you if you had to if I'm you had to do it, it
0: over under and how many minutes it would take to get to Walmart earnings on today's show, what would you have ha. taken?
2: <laughs> We're not even gonna cover it.
0: We got to cover Walmart. We do want to cover, cover it.
1: For Walmart. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it now at least. Uh, I think it's an important stock to talk about. So let's go towards it. EPS at $1.50 beating the dollar 32 cent estimate. Sales at $152.8 billion, beating the $147.51 billion estimate. Walmart did approve a new $20 billion share repurchase authorization. Sam's Club comp sales increased 10% and uh, at a new all-time high for member count. Walmart U.S. comp sales grew 8.2% and 17.4% on a two-year stack. They did still state, though, in their earnings call that pocketbooks are stretched. People have less discretionary income and less disposable income to spend on things, so they're looking for value.
2: Hmm. Walmart I just, is I a mean, stock this is that actually mode. holds up well during <laughs> a recession, too, Joel. So, you know, this is one that if the economy goes to struggle... Walmart is one that still holds up well because people go shop at Walmart more. It's cheap. Yeah, you got to eat. got to get your clothes somewhere. You know, maybe not going to your fancy clothing apparels. You're going to go buy that George stuff from Walmart. So, I mean, Walmart does well when times get tough. So, is, is it the stock? I, I mean, Walmart's just been a fabulous What do you guys Walmart think about Target
1: time. now? That's why I was liking Target yesterday. Looks like we got a nice number from Walmart already getting some lift from Target. Will we fill that gap?
2: Well, it reports Wednesday, which is always interesting. Uh, so, 24 hours later, you're going to hear yeah. the bar is now raised for Target, which is an issue. Um, and you're coming into some major resistance points here. So, I don't think I'm chasing Target here either. I'm never chasing, so it's kind of predictable what I'm going to say because I don't like chasing stocks. But yeah. I mean, you got that 180, 182 coming into that. I kind of, I, I wouldn't want to hold it through the report. So, I mean, what if you know the bar is raised now? Target comes in line and they hammer it. So we've just rallied in four days from Target to 152 to 180. What is that? 28 points on 152. Talking about a 20% rally in four days. I'm not holding those gains through the report. I'd sell it. Uh, Walmart, two
0: things about their report. One, they said they kind of got through the, uh, Walmart kind of worked their way through the uh, inventory glut. And uh they nope. strong down some suppliers. So that was good news. And the other thing, the point that you're alluding to, Dennis, is they said they see an increase in shoppers that make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So I I don't know how they if they ask you when you go in there how much you make or whatever, but uh so you know people there are are pitching, you know, uh being more uh frugal is the word that I'm looking yeah. for Pre-market high. I'm not gonna look at target because they haven't reported yet. I mean, pre-market high. Look through follow through on that one. One for if you want follow through, 149.40. There's gotta be a ton of paper at 150. It's traded a ton of stock, Dennis, 1.6 million, but they got so many handles to chew through in the book. It'd be interested where the DMM gets this thing open at. I, I think what do you think? 148? Because that's kind of where we're hanging here. Because you gotta be finding people willing to buy this thing up nine and a half bucks. If I had to do a, a back test on how how many times you make money buying Walmart up seven percent off the open, not a lot I'm not times. sure what the results would be.
2: I, I'm not jumping into yep. and chasing Walmart up seven percent on these numbers. Again, it just you know, and and it, maybe it's paid to chase in the last few days, but overall it's the law of large numbers. And if you're always chasing moves and chasing moves, and I go back to that story when I first started at Bright Trading in 1999, and we had that <laughs> young kid sitting beside us, and I was just learning, you know, I was 22 years old coming out of college, trying to learn. I'm watching the kid, and he would just chase everything. Literally, like the stock would start moving, he'd get in, and then it would stall and start going back the other way, and he'd lose. And then he chased this and chased this and chased this. He was constantly chasing. And I realized, you know, after watching him for a week that I was like, holy man, you can't chase like that. And, um, you know, my whole career basically built on that, not chasing, not panicking. That, oh, I've got to get in this. I'm going to miss the boat. That's how you lose money. It's those people that, you know, that the market makers are making money from. It's those people that, you know, active traders that know what they're doing are making money from the active traders take the profits into the rips and they reload on the dips. You know, they know the trends. I always say buy dips on stocks that are trending up, sell rips on stocks that are trending down. That's basically momentum trading in itself. So again, I'm not going to buy Walmart up 10 bucks. It's tough to make money. Is it going up 20? Maybe it's going to be that one off and maybe it's going to, but then more often than not, that a lot of the gains are already in this thing. We'll see
1: if the the market turns around. It's been a fun ride in some of these
0: stocks from here all right, we're going to joel,
2: gonna have a joel great one. rogers we're going to get him off okay rogers you guys have a, a good one and
0: i'm going to fix my internet today
1: <laughs> no worries have a good one joel all right we're yeah. getting joel out of here i'm definitely going to be watching a couple of stocks today we'll see what happens Um, just going to see how far i can ride these waves because i've been riding the wave been renting these stocks just playing them on the daily momentum and it's been good for me one that I got in yesterday, Bristol Myers, uh, that wasn't bad, a bad little play there. Going to continue to see if some of these healthcare plays continue to work. Yesterday, healthcare came back into play after a hard kind of Monday action. What do you see about the value plays in healthcare?
2: I'd sell it yesterday. I would have been buying the dips and immediately paid for that because yeah. a lot of those healthcare stocks bounced back nicely yesterday. Mm-hmm. Pfizer broke out yesterday. Obviously, it was off the bio, you know, Biogen and Lilly had great days moving higher there but i mean those dips and the dip in lily lasted a day yeah so there's still these stocks win and in and in, in if we if we continue to go on this full-on growth and we're going to V bottom all the Kathy stocks these are going to lag there's no doubt about it but i feel like there's so many you know paths where the drug stocks win. they're low pe's there is some growth in some of these i mean the lily and the biogen have the alzheimer's wild card. It's like a call option on these things and the stocks are not expensive. i own biogen Lily's a little bit expensive so I don't own that one but you know I, I love the Biogen. I actually would buy more but I just feel bad raising my cost basis up that much um, so I don't uh, but I think the drugs are still buys on pullbacks I think that that trade is not done yet I don't think it's over for them I think the value trade is not done yet I think we're getting you know this you know obviously risk on market everybody's in green life go but a lot of these companies are still, if we go into a recession, all these companies are still going to struggle. Those drug companies are still going to do okay. So I feel like there's safer ways to play the market right now. I like all the drug stocks.
1: We'll have to wait and see what happens with the call today. Of course, we'll see if we continue this rally or not. Catch us like always right here on Benzinga. We'll see you tomorrow, Dennis. Go get it, my friend. All right, let's get you over now to Benzinga TV, where we get into live trading, Benzinga Live, and of course, Stock Market Movers. Yesterday, we went over Fryer Battery Play. If you guys didn't catch that interview on Stock Market Movers, I would definitely check that out. Now, I do want to tell you guys, of course, about the Future of Crypto event. I want you guys to go ahead and check out the Future of Crypto event for yourself. Like always, this is where you guys can go ahead and catch the building yes i said it the building behind the future of crypto i know that a lot of people are going through the struggles right now but if you want to find out what's coming in the future you definitely want to be here i know i am in the camp that this could be the third and final wave for crypto so you don't want to miss it, team and if you guys want to check it out i'll definitely go ahead and throw up the link here for you guys to go ahead and get towards the event. And I will give you guys a little bit of a discount here. Give you guys a 20% off code here. You guys can use MoneyMitch20 for that discount there. So, of course, MoneyMitch20. Check it out, team. And check out, of course, the future of crypto.